0: Welcome back to another episode of Tar Heel State of Mind. I'm Nathan, back on dad duty of uh, father of two now, with my co-host Bradley... And Nick, glad to be back this week and to talk some UNC basketball. So I know I missed the pod where we talked a little bit about Duke and Pitt. I think today we're going to touch a little on the Wake, Clemson, and Miami games and preview the NC State game on Sunday and talk a little bit about the state of the program. So I'll go ahead and I'll kick it off to either Nick or Brad
1: here to get us started. And uh, let's get this going. Take it away, Brad. Okay. Okay. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty pissed off about this UNC basketball team, man. They are driving me nuts. Um, I just don't know. I can't figure them out. Uh, they're up and they're down. It's like a damn roller coaster uh, this season, and I can't I can't put my finger on the problem. So I think I just want to talk about what the heck is going on with this Carolina basketball team and what do they need to do, if they can do anything, to get back on track.
2: Um, they're soft. They have no drive. They're just kind of going through the motions. Um, the, I guess we'll hop into Wake first. The biggest thing that sticks out to me was the first three minutes of the game when uh, Leahy just jogged down the floor on a fast break and got fouled. I'm and telling both, you, man, that
1: pissed free, me. Free throws. There, there's just no like motivation. You're a fifth year senior. What are you doing? You know. All right.
2: I got to say it.
0: The thing that has been on my mind more than anything else for the last two or three weeks of UNC basketball. And people have microanalyzed and talked about all of the quotes from Hubert Davis, but there's one that replays in my head. And it was a question from one of our reporters, just kind of about how the team is playing, effort, consistency, shooting slumps. And Hubert goes, no matter what, I'm rocking with these guys. And here's my question, bro, are you rocking with them or are you coaching them? Because I can rock with them. The fans can rock with them every you know their friends can rock with them but your job is you got to coach these dudes you're not there to be their friend you're not there to be their youth group leader you are there to win basketball games at north carolina and to coach them and to give them tough love stop rocking with them and start coaching them okay i, I i've been busting at the seams to say that i'm good
1: <laughs> no, i mean you're you're right man you're you're 100 percent right they've Hubert has to, yes, put the best five players on the floor that he can. And if he's got to ride them for 37, 38 minutes, let him play 37, 38 minutes, whatever. But make sure those five guys that are on the floor playing those minutes are actually contributing and doing things that help you win. And I don't think all the five guys that are out there right now are doing that for this team.
2: We don't curse on this podcast, but Hubert needs to break some foots off and some asses and get this team right where it needs to be because you can't play these same five people 40 minutes a game and then not have any kind of urgency. We were down, what, 27 at one point? We lost by seven, but dear Lord, we felt like we lost by 30. I mean.
1: Yeah, but who were the players that were in the game that made that comeback at the end, you know? It was Seth Trimble and Tyler Nickel and DeMarco Dunn. Leaky was on the bench because he was giving zero effort in that game. Um and in no way, shape, or form should Tyree Appleby score thirty five points against us. And at the end of the game, when our we were trying to, you know, we played. It's a forty minute game. We played the last three minutes, and that was about it. The th- first thirty seven minutes of the game, we gave zero effort, and that's when we try. I mean, come on, guys. You got you got you have to play a forty minute game. Basketball is a forty minute game. You've got to put effort in. And when you're not, that's not Carolina basketball. You know, we we strive for excellence at Carolina. And these guys are falling way, way, way short of that. And I want to piggyback
0: on that because that's something we've texted about. I have a problem with our fans starting to accept just being mediocre. I'm not cool with that. And I've texted you guys about this. We are North Carolina basketball. Like, we are one of the blue bloods over the past 20 or 25 years. We are the pinnacle of college basketball. That is us. We are the blue blood. We are the blue blood. We are North Carolina, man. And we have fans posting, yeah, bro, Miami's good this year. It's fine that we lost to them. No, 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 never. I'm never okay with losing to any of these scrub programs having a decent year in the ACC. Miami, don't care. Florida State, they're good sometimes. Don't care. Virginia Tech, they'll randomly be a good team with hitting threes, playing defense. Don't care. We beat those teams. We're North Carolina. The second that our fans and our team and our coaches and our players start to be okay with finishing fourth to sixth in the ACC and losing to these teams that are having a good year this year, that's not going to work. I, that ain't us. That should not ever be us. That's how you start to lose to these great programs. And I don't know, like in the past, it's weird because losing to Duke, sucks like don't get me wrong but it's different because it's like Duke is a blue blood Duke is a good program and I hate it when we lose to them but there's that mutual respect that's like they're they're a nasty program man and I I just I'm never going to be okay I'm never going to be the fan that says oh yeah Miami's good this year and we're kind of struggling so I expected to lose that game that that will not ever be me
1: I mean I think you see the schedule before the season and you 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 see the Miami game on the schedule and it's a Saturday, Monday turnaround. Yeah. It's going to be a tough game, whatever, but you're playing at home and you're playing in the Dean dome. You expect to win that game no matter what. And we gave ourselves a chance in the first half. And we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves talking about the Miami game, but I mean, I'll jump back into wake. Even at the end of the game, you gave, you gave yourself a chance. Like there's not been many games this year where, we were just down and out, no no chance in heck of coming back, and Wake seemed like that. But we cut it to what seven at the end, and I think we had it down to ten with three minutes left. And you know it's college basketball; there's only a thirty second shot clock that you can you can get several possessions and whittle the whittle the deficit down to, you know, three or four um, at least in in three minutes. And I think Caleb had just hit a three, and you know how he gets in his head: if he hits one, he's got to shoot the next one, and he comes down three or four seconds going off the shot clock and just jacks up a three that's six or seven feet behind the line. It's like, that's not what you need in that situation. You need a good look. You don't even need a three. Drive to the rim, get fouled, get a layup. It's just, we're not playing smart basketball. And I think that's what's driving me crazy is these guys are have so much experience, and that's what you expect uh, out of college teams who have been there that this experience actually matters. But, I don't know, it's just super super frustrating and i don't i don't understand it
2: well like you got the second half we were in the what i think we were they were in the double wake was in the double bonus 8 7 minutes into the second half right
1: and yeah, then I we
2: think filed. So. appleby shot 28 he shot the most free throws ever in an acc game and then made the most free throws ever in the ACC, in an acc game he shot 23 28 from the free throw line had 35 points i mean he he shot 6 for 20 in the game so he didn't even have in my opinion, a good game. He hit his free throws because we fouled him every time down the floor. They shot 42 free throws. They made 33 of them. He made 23 of them. That's why he had 35 points. And the, the main thing in the second half that really, really killed me, it was when we had some momentum. We got a couple of good stops, and Caleb comes down and shoots a 40-foot three-pointer and barely hits the rim, and they get the rebound, and we have to start fouling, and that was pretty much the end of it. Um, we keep getting in these fights with, like, two minutes left in the game where, like, it's going to take a freaking Tracy McGrady 13 points and 33 seconds miracle to win these games. Like, if they would just start playing an entire game or even start coming back in seven minutes or start playing at seven minutes So the last three, we have a chance to win half of these games that we've lost. But instead, we start clawing back with two minutes left. It's just like the same thing in the Miami game. We cut it to four with a minute with a minute left. And it just, I don't know, There's just, the, the consistency and the rotations and like all this stuff and what we expect out of some of these guys that don't get big minutes at certain points in the game doesn't really make much sense to me. And I don't know if it's like the fact that these guys know that they're not going to get taken out of the game regardless of how terribly they play or what it is, but something has got to give. Because if not, we're going to see this season get even worse than it's already going. So.
0: I think that there's just an overarching theme, and you can even take it more than game by game uh, with consistency, because uh, the game we haven't even mentioned yet, we beat the brakes off Clemson, and Clemson is a team that's second in the ACC, they have mostly juniors and seniors, they're upperclassmen, they play really well together, they're not the most talented team in the world, but they play good team basketball, and we ran a clinic on them, for 40 minutes we looked good. And it just is even more frustrating to see how this team can play for a whole game. But then you have the weight game and the Miami game where we look completely incompetent and just don't even look like we belong on the floor in the first half against Miami. I mean, you've got R.J. Davis, the walking human turnstile who couldn't defend Bradley Gordon trying to drive to the brass basket. And, you know, that's that. where... that's Bro, I love you. You can shoot the... Dude, you shoot the net off the rim from the three-point line, but your defense leaves a little bit to be desired. But I do love you. <laughs> uh, but, that I mean, seriously, that like, Appleby is just driving past RJ, and RJ is just watching him. And then that forces Armando either has to step up to Appleby and has to try to um, give some help defense there, which then leaves his man open for the offensive rebound. Or you just have to give Appleby that little four- to six-foot floater that he hits every single time or you have somebody from the from the wing have to collapse which leaves them open for a three and Wake scored what 54 53 points in the first half doing that and it's all predicated on the fact that RJ can't stay in front of Appleby which then to me becomes a Hubert problem why is RJ still on Appleby maybe there's no one else on the court RJ can guard I don't know but it, there it's it's so frustrating I could sit here for the next 3 or 4 hours and just go over all the things that are frustrating but yeah, the consistency, it's a problem, and I don't know what to do about it.
2: Well, you got to remember, too, right? Like, I mean, it, it, let's say if he doesn't guard Appleby, they're just going to keep switching RJ onto whoever is the hot guy. I mean, they did it with Pitt when they had uh, Burton. Like, they would just switch. whoever Whoever RJ is guarding that teams have just figured out that they're just going to run him through a ball screen until they get a mismatch with RJ at the top of the paint and just go downhill full speed. And it's going to cause Baycott to come across and get a foul or try and block a shot, give up a alley-oop, give up a dunk, or they're going to hit a floater. And like there's no, you know, it's pick your poison at this point. And unfortunately we get the best career high of every, every player that comes through the Dean Dome or when we go to their place. So, there's not really much we can do, but we've got if we've got to switch something up. I mean, it just seems like every time we plug a hole another one pops open.
0: Well another thing I want to point out is the Miami game, even though the first half wasn't great, whatever, it, it's a winnable game if Pete Nance can defend that Miller dude. I mean, how many, how many times does Miller come up with an offensive rebound that Pete doesn't get to and have a putback? And Puff, too. I'm not going to even discriminate and just say Pete, because I know that we've kind of dumped on Pete a little bit. Puff couldn't defend that dude either. Who Who is this Miller dude? I, I looked at his stats. It's nothing impressive. It's not like he's blowing you away on the score sheet. But he absolutely cooked us in the paint. He was all over us, always open, hustle place, out hustling Puff and Pete. And it's just little things, just little, little things like that that can be the difference in a game. Because like I think I mentioned to you guys, Wong is going to get his. That's the best player in the ACC. And in my opinion, I think he's the best player in the ACC. Uh, A couple other good guys. But Wong is a beast. He hits tough shots. And he got his. But if you shut down Miller and some of the other pieces that help Miami, it's a winnable game. And I still think we win that game if we slow Miller down and just didn't happen.
2: Let's just, so, to wrap up the weight game, we were down by 20 the majority of the game. Ended up pulling it back within seven. The score does, does not um, do how much, how quickly we got ran out of that GM justice. Um, we were down, I think, what was the halftime score like?
1: I think we were down 25 at halftime. Yeah, and it, we were down. And on the, If Let's you look see. at the weight game, just look at our, we shot four, from eight, four for 18 from three. That's... 22 percent you're not yep. gonna win a ball game if you can't hit your jump shots uh caleb love took 25 field goal t- he had 25 field goal attempts 25 shots it's, it blows my mind every time i read it because I, you look you look at college stats <clears throat> most players have what if they're if the high a high volume shooter 10 to 15 16? shots a game yeah yeah 16 at the most 25 man that's See, I like,
2: just give, just jump the ball to Baycott. At that point, let Baycott have the ball. I mean, he shoots seven, 65% from the field. Let Baycott have
1: the ball. Let him well, shoot yeah, 25 times. S- well, what's
0: he going to do, bro? He's getting quadruple yeah, teamed. Yeah, you see yeah. what
1: these teams are doing. They're packing because it ends we, so we can't shoot threes. Much.
0: And, and, and that is the one defense I will give to Hubert is that, well, it's a defense and a criticism at the same time. Hubert runs an NBA offense, and his NBA offense is honestly predicated on open shooters hitting threes. This is the worst shooting UNC team that we have ever had since
1: the Ken Palm era. Uh, We're 30.6%. The 2020 team was uh, 30.4%. So we're Mm. 0.2% better. We're knocking on the
0: door. We're trying to be worse than the team that would have gone to the NIT if not for COVID. So... We're a terrible shooting team, but that's also a criticism of Hubert because I'm wondering, you know what your team's limitations are. We are in February. This team can't shoot. It is it is what it is, man. They can't shoot. These guys are not gonna hit open threes. Change your offense. Do something different. Change what sets you're running and change the NBA style offense so that we're not going what was it, five of thirty from three? That's insanity. You're just like at that point you're just hoping that five they chuck 30, them in. One. Yeah, 5 of 31. You're just hoping they chuck them in at that point. You've got to change something, man. Well, even if we're
2: missing them, let someone else shoot them. Yeah, nickel. Give Bro. someone else a turn. If we're going to no, no, miss no, no. them, let, let someone else get some yep. get some burn in. If we're going to miss the shots and lose regardless, like, Dude, at least get going. some experience.
0: Tell me how you... stupid this is. Dude, so nickel comes in at the end of the freaking Miami game to hit threes, which we cannot hit threes all game. So Nickel only gets burn in crunch time when the game is close to come in and hit threes. But while the game is out of control and we're trying to get back into the game, Nickel gets no burn.
1: Makes no and sense. Make it make
0: sense. Make it make sense somehow.
2: I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're doing defensive os- offensive substitutions with a minute left in the game because we're down four. And it's like, let this man get in the first half. She's some th- uh, Worst case scenario. He misses the shot that we were already going to miss in the first place. Worst case scenario, we are f- it, still 5 for 31.
0: And even the counter argument is, oh, well, what's he going to do on defense? Bro, I don't know. What's R.J. Davis doing on defense? Pete what, Nance. What does Caleb love? Keep Pete Nance. What are they doing on defense? Nothing. How, how could it physically be any worse to have a guy on the court that is known for making shots when we need a shot maker and then try to use the defense argument? Okay, well, let's pull up some game tape and watch even Puff. I mean I like Puff, but that dude he's been getting cooked on defense too. So And he's
1: a foul machine. If he gets 20 minutes yeah. a game, he's probably going to foul out. But I'd rather see Bro, let me tell you something.
2: Puff Puff cracks me up, dude. This man, this man he is he's a good spark off the bench. But dude, he looks like a crash test dummy going through the lane. This man is getting thrown against the stanchion every time. He gets an and one. He'll get an and one, but it literally looks like he has been hit by a car when he is going through the lane. And it's fine. We're get
1: we're drawing the fouls, but man, I gotta love I mean, puff. But whew. I think I think you can explain all three of these games just summed up into one point is when this team hits three pointers, we'll win games, and when they don't we're going to struggle a lot. Wake Forest, four of eighteen. Clemson, we were what, what fifteen for thirty three. We we shot them out of the gym, and then the um, the last game we played against Miami, we were five for thirty one. I mean, how many times have we hit fifteen threes this season, or even close to that mark? I think twice. Against oh, yeah, this game, and then, and then the the Citadel, I think we yeah, had that was thirteen it. or fourteen. That was it. So you've got a huge sample size of games now. We've played, what, 26, 27 games, and you've only hit that mark twice. So chances are we're probably going to have more performances where we don't shoot the ball well. We've got to find other ways to score or put other players in the lineup that can knock down these open shots. So that leads me to my next question is, how can we score when they're quadruple teaming Armando and we can't hit three-pointers?
2: Put Tyler Nickel in the game.
0: There's no there's no answer to that because of the offense that Hubert runs. Because we've sent screenshots. That it's a four-out, one-in offense. And we're trying to use Pete as one of the four, which at this point is just a joke. I mean, I sent that one picture where it was like Pete's man is automatically doubling Armando. And Pete, if they throw it out to him, has five seconds to shoot the three, the line drive three, that he's going to miss. I, they don't respect it. No team respects that. And if a team doesn't respect that one that one in four out offense, your your big man's going to have no room to operate. I don't know what you do. Like Nick said, put people in that can hit the three. I don't know. Put in Dunn, Nickel. I guess well, RJ. Like, RJ can't hit nothing. I, I don't think, know.
2: I think Dunn right now is our best three point shooter, but he hasn't shot enough attempts for it to really have a good sample size. But like, but like I said worst case scenario the shot is still being missed but instead of Caleb and RJ shooting 25 threes combined in a game let let, let Nickel get six threes in let let Dunn get two or three or four like even leaky on a on a okay day will'll hit have a game every now and then well he'll hit a couple threes I mean even in the Miami game he had 13 points I mean he did what he needed to do but like I mean but if you're gonna surround yourself with shooters, and no one respects them, if you're not getting respected on the offensive end, then clearly you guys aren't shooting well enough. And so we need to switch something up. But, like, we can't just pound the ball into Baycott every time down the floor because he's going to, like, you know, they're going to triple team him, and then what? Then what happens? I don't know. There's just so many other things. I'm going to go ahead and say it right now, and we can hop on this. Pete Nance needs to be coming off the bench. I think, oh, he doesn't, I think he doesn't need to play more than 25 minutes a game. And that's like at the absolute max. I feel like Jalen Washington should get his. Could you imagine if Pete Nance, if Jalen Washington could get in and have the open looks that Pete Nance has? I feel like it would be an absolute game changer.
0: Dude, I'm going to tell you right now, Jalen's threes, I think he shot maybe four or five on the year. I swear to you, three of them have been halfway down and just kind of rimmed themselves back out. He has a good shooter's touch. But no, we have to watch Pete take five a game that looks like he's throwing a line drive right at the rim. I I don't get it. It, it goes back to what I kind of started my whole rant with. Like, Hubert just says he's rocking with his guys. You know, he's going to rock with his guys straight into the NIT at this rate. If they come out on Sunday with the same starting five and Pete is starting, I will be very disappointed. And I'm not going to say much more than that because... I don't want to say something that I can't take back, but I will be very disappointed if it's the same starting well,
2: five. Well, I'm going to go ahead and burst your bubble right now. It's going to be the same five. So,
1: Well, I'm not going to say what I'm thinking right now. I I'm will be hard-pressed to, pressed to like, not turn the game off if I turn it on and Pete Nance is starting. Because if you want to play that offense, you want to play one in four out, fine, whatever. You've got to start Puff or Tyler Nickel or both of them for that to work because leaky yeah, leaky can't hit a consistent jump shot he can, he can hit it but it's not consistent well rj caleb tyler nickel puff johnson can all be threats from the outside they what's have the worst together. case you sub Pete in under the under 16
2: timeout and then just go back right back to what you're like yeah you know, under mean, 12 and then you can, I don't even like, know if he,
1: four like, minutes you know, is a, enough to do to do eight minutes you know i don't know
2: Yeah. I mean, something has to change. You can't just every, like, I just feel like it kind of goes in the same thing. Like they have a, you know, maybe a good, maybe a good practice and you're like, all right, this is, this is the game. This is the game. We can do it. This is, this is the game that we're going to, we're going to turn it on. And then you go out there and it's like, dink, 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 just like all over the place. And then, and then you just – and then it's right back to it. Then, you know, oh, well, you know, we're going to regroup this week. I'm not mad at my guys. Okay, well, it's, we had a good week in practice. You know, I'm still rocking with them. Next week, all right, we're going we're gonna to do this. We have one good game like Clemson and then turn around and, this, and then it happens in Miami again. So that's another yeah, thing I, mean, I want to bring up that is a catch-22 is, like, we have these good games where we our shooters are shooting and they're hitting. And then the next game, they're still shooting, but they're not hitting. And that's, that kills us.
1: Yeah, and you said Nathan, you mentioned Hubert rocking with his guys, and it brings me to a question about last year. So Hubert was rocking with Dawson Garcia starting and playing the majority of the minutes until Dawson got hurt, and then something happened. You know, I don't know what the heck happened with his family. He ended up leaving the team and going back home. Hubert might have rocked with his guys and Dawson Garcia if that, and not started Brady Manic if that didn't happen. What do y'all think? I mean, is he that stubborn to the fact, like, the only reason we were good and made that run last year and inserted Brady into the starting lineup is because of that incident with Dawson Garcia?
2: Yeah, I think, Pete, I think, I, Pete, I think um, Dawson would definitely have played most of the minutes and we would have saw glimpses of what could have been or should have been, but we would have never saw the full potential. But, like, you know, and I'm not saying that's what – Hubert has to come to this realization himself. Like, he is the coach. He has to – he has to realize that, like, this needs to be changed. Like, what's the, what's the worst case? We lose another game? We stay in the ninth seed? Like, best case, we find a spark or find something that works, and you run with it until you got to figure something else out. That's called coaching. That, that, that's literally called coaching. You can't, you can't just hope that the t- same team that we had last year in the tournament is going to be the same team that you get all season long like if, if that's not what's working you have to make those changes and that's just kind of what needs to be done like you can't you can't play these same five people 35 minutes a game for the next 10 games like not only that you got to think in long like long term future goals of UNC basketball think about the recruits that are seeing these seniors play over and over and over and over again with no results like as a recruit you see that a senior or a junior or an upperclassman is in your position and you don't see anything that tells you differently that you're going to be waiting to play after them. So, like, we have to think about that aspect as well.
0: I think another thing we've almost glossed over a little bit is when Armando went out, Jalen Washington belonged on the court. It wasn't like watching a freshman come in and get dogged and look terrible. He was good, dude. Like, he was scoring points. Now, he gassed at the end of the game just because he hadn't had any of that college experience running up and down the court yet, but he looked great. And then Armando comes back healthy, and it's like, okay, see you, Jalen. Thanks for your service for that game and a half or whatever, two two games. Uh, we don't need you anymore. What did he score, 15 or 16, something like that in that game?
2: He was our lead score at halftime.
0: And now the dude doesn't get minutes after he proved – against a good Virginia team that he belonged on the court, and he hit big shots for us. And that's another player that, like you said, if I'm a recruit, I'm looking at Jalen Washington, who's already proved against Virginia, who plays great defense, that he belongs on the court. And now, because the upperclassmen are healthy and Pete Nance is going to play no matter what, come hell or high water, Pete Nance is going to play. And I'm a recruit wondering, okay, so when I get here my freshman year, is this going to happen to me? I'm not going to say a player's name on our team but actually I yeah, will whatever if I come to UNC next year is Caleb Love just going to play over me because he's a senior because Caleb's not going anywhere next year unless he transfers is RJ Davis going to play over me just because he's a senior you know Elliot Kado was thinking about reclassing so I, I don't know I, it's going to be messy there's going to be a lot of messy stuff that happens after this season
1: where does or I guess, how important is this NC State game?
2: Oh, it's a must-win, hundred percent. Like we can't lose this game for my own sanity and for the team's like chances of like just staying. Comp- I mean, they're a ranked team. Is this a quad one or just a quad two?
1: It'd be a quad one.
2: So, like, there you go. Well, it's only a quad one if NC State then continues to beat everyone after we if we beat them. Remember uh, it's that it's a
1: quad one if you're playing away from home and the opponent is in the top 70 of the net i don't see state dropping below that so it'll be a caught yeah. one
2: so you know that's a that's a good solid win um i think it's a it's an absolute if we beat miami we have a little bit less of, a, of our backs against the wall but this is a 100 percent a must win and it's going to be probably one of the toughest games because they're their student sections right on the court um ever since the controversy with all the foul calls last time and then um turquavion getting hurt um in the game like it's just gonna be it's gonna be brutal and it's gonna be a tough one but i hope i pray that we can pull it out i mean you know it's still a great rivalry i don't even know even want to call it a rivalry at this point but um i mean you know i don't even in my opinion it's a must win like if we if we're not beating nc state i would even argue we have to beat virginia or at least give them a heck of a game or we don't have a chance the only other chance we win an ACC tournament
1: yeah I mean according to Lenardi we are currently last four out um so right now we're on the outside looking in I think we either have to go 5-0 and to close out the season and at least and win at least one game in the ACC tournament or we've got to win the ACC tournament or we're not going to be in the tournament. You've got all these other schools um, who don't typically perform well, like Northwestern. I, it's funny that Northwestern is actually good in beating teams because Pete Nance transferred from there, didn't want to play there, hit for his last year of eligibility, and uh, Ryan Young transferred to Duke. So two players transferred to a, a basketball conference, uh, and then their previous team is actually doing better. So We're, la- we're be-
2: last four in. We're last four in.
1: Oh, last four in.
2: Yeah, we're with Kentucky, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Clemson last four. And
1: I do think that if the committee has the opportunity to put Carolina and Kentucky in a play-in game, they're going to make it happen. No matter how crappy our records are, they're going to make it happen. So, I guess we can cling on that onto that glimmer of hope that we'll get in. At but that honestly, point, do you guys even do you I don't even want to get tournament? in. No. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Like, that's embarrassing. Carolina should be in, playing well enough to be in without having to win out or win their conference tournament. It's, I don't know, it's embarrassing. But.
0: I mean, it certainly gets the blood pressure up. We have, we were spoiled for a lot of years with good teams. We were spoiled in March last year with a good run. Uh, just, this is not fun. I don't recommend Do you guys think this is worse than 2020?
2: No. Because 2020 was like single-digit wins.
1: Um, I I don't think so because our expectations for this year were super high because we had, you know, a solid group coming back. And in 2020, all you had was Cole Anthony on the team trying to keep it together. Um,
2: See, like, one thing that I want to also point out, like I've said a million times to you guys, the most we've lost by this year is 12. And we've had like four or five games have been within like, what, five points? So, like, we're not losing by a lot, but we have ten losses.
1: Yeah, if and, we shoot – if we hit another one or two three-pointers, you know, we're we're going to win games. If we're shooting 30%, 30% from the three-point line, we'd probably have – we'd be a five-loss team right now. Can't hit shots, man. Yeah, I think – I think, think, I I mean, think part I of pre- it, too, is – Sorry, Nick, I was going to say this one thing. I think part of it is that we don't recruit shooters. We do not recruit guys who are known to be able to put the ball in the basket from long range. We recruit athletes. We recruit good basketball players. We don't recruit shooters. And I think that's problem number one is we got to get guys on campus that can shoot the dang ball. And that can shoot lights out. We might have one on the bench of Tyler Nickel. We don't really have enough sample size to to you know, make that assumption. But we need a Wayne Ellington. We need a Danny Green. We need a I don't care how much of a thug he is, PJ Harrison, that can shoot the ball, man. That that's what we need. And if we we don't have it in the group we have, we've got to go out and get one in the transfer portal for next year because we're gonna have the same issues next year we don't have a shooter on the team.
0: Random side thought, I hate the transfer portal, dude. Because I know that everybody at UNC, we think about the transfer portal as Brady Manic, and that ain't it. Like, think about all the other transfer portals. He's a unicorn. Da- Dawson, yes, bro. Dawson Garcia, Pete Nance. Let's go Justin back another McCoy. year. Christian Keeling, Justin McCoy, Justin Pierce. We've hit once in the transfer portal, but that's at the forefront of everyone's mind is, oh, we just got to go out and find Brady Manic in the transfer portal, and it, that doesn't happen We just got really lucky with that unicorn, like you said. So I still think that the key to winning in college basketball is a couple things. Recruit well. You have to recruit well. You have to develop your talent. And you have to have some upperclassmen that are leaders. And they can bring those recruits together. It's just a good mix of everything. And that's what Kansas is every year. Kansas, to me right now, the best program in college basketball in the 2020s is Kansas. And that's what... I don't want to say we need to emulate them because that sounds weird. But that is the mix that you need is the upperclassmen and the lower classmen and the experience and the talent. It's just, they've got a good thing going at Kansas.
2: I just want to point out, we have lost 10 games for a combined points of 58. So we've only, we've only lost like a total. We've been outscored by 58 points in all of our losses. So a 5.8 points was how much we've lost by. So like we're right there, man. We are right on the brink of just two, two to three more shots, we're golden. Two to three more plays, like solid plays, not bonehead mistakes, bonehead turnovers, you know, these wild circus three-pointers. I, I don't know. Like, we're right there. Like, we, all the games we've lost are by a total of 58 points. Like, two or three within two, one within one point. Alabama's 4 overtime time was two. Iowa State was five. Like I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's tough I mean, it's, because like it's if so you look at the record, we're getting we're getting, you know, stomped. But when you look at how many like how bad we're getting beat, it's not that bad. But like you know, most the UNC basketball way is you know we the teams that we use are used to beating because you guys have the same feelings as me. You you know you get you turn on the game, you're like, all right, it's 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 Pittsburgh. We lost to them once. It won't happen again. You know we're gonna smoke them by twenty. We're at home. You know, like that's the feeling you get when you t- turn on the game, right? And then you turn around, and at halftime you're like, eh, "That's all right, we're, we're within a couple." And then, like three minutes left, you're down by eight, and you're like, "What's happening?" And like that's your your roller coaster of emotions for two hours when you can't like these teams like some these teams that we lose to Virginia Tech they were one in seven in the ACC after they beat us. I mean, we weren't at full strength, but regardless. And then Pittsburgh dude have 31. Like you know, we're all these games we're just not closing out. Like even Miami was if we we play if we play just as wet not even better than the first half if we play the second half like we did the first half we do fine we were driving the ball kicking it out getting open shots you know getting in passing lanes everyone was balanced scoring Baycott had twelve Leaky thirteen Caleb had twenty three and R J had twenty I mean we were we were everyone was scoring but right there what was it the bench we had two points off the bench from Puff that's it
0: you know so. what's bad and why I feel like an idiot half the time is because I still, to this day, look at the ACC bracket, like, if the season ended today, and I think to myself, we could win this bracket. And I shouldn't do that, because I know we're not going to, and it's just going to get my hopes up to be disappointed again, like they've done all season. But when I look at the bracket, and it says, I think, Syracuse in the first round, win that, play Pitt, and I'm like, we can beat these teams. I know for a fact we can, but we're not going to, and then it's just going to make me agitated all over again. So, uh, I'm just... Proclaiming that now, I'm going to get my hopes up because I always do, and then when we lose, I'm going to be mad again. Even though I know it's coming,
2: it's never yeah, a good I, it's never a good thing when UNC wins. and say, I mean, the ACC tournament, we always got to lose at the semifinals. That's when we get punched in the mouth <laughs> right before the tournament that we may or may not make. But you know,
1: well, might have to win the AC, might have to win the ACC tournament to get in the dance this year. Um, let's talk about the 37 minute locker room talk that Hubert had with the guys after the weight game. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts on that? And I think RJ also had a players-only meeting before the Clemson game. So we see that they came out hot against Clemson and then reverted back to the same old Carolina basketball we've seen all season against Miami. Um, I think you only get one shot at that, right? You can't, You can't do that again. Dude, it's all hot
0: air. It, it, to me at this point, player meetings, coaches meetings, Hubert holding them in the locker room for 37 minutes to read Bible verses and then come out and say he rocks with his guys. That's where that quote came from, by the way, it was after that. It's it's hot air. It Show me on the court. I don't want I don't care. I, I don't care what you guys are doing. I don't care if you spend all day running wind sprints or suicides. I don't care if you spend all day having a day off after you get smacked, you get the day off. I don't care. Show me on the court, and you're right. You don't get a second chance at that. You, because at, I'm a fan. We're all fans, and it's hot air to us at this point. Imagine being a player on the team. You get called in that players' meeting, and you have RJ and Armando. Come on, guys. We, you know, we we came back for this reason. And then they come out and they half-ass their effort the next game. I don't care. Like, why would I care? If I'm Tyler, Nickel, Jalen Washington, I'm not going to play anyways. I'm going to watch Caleb Love go out and go one of thirteen from the three point line, and I'm not going to get in the game. It, it's it's hot air. It is hot air until they prove to us otherwise. Well, who Sorry. was it that I'm, spoke I'm up?
2: Who's was it that spoke up in the? Th- was it like uh uh who was the
1: it's a Jackson Watkins? Jackson
2: Jackson Watkins is the first person to speak. Like,
1: you got four people who
2: came back from the starting lineup in the national championship game just sitting there not talking. No, they're not worried about it. Like they're not There's saying not a, anything. That's what I'm saying, There's dude. Not a next
0: year is going to No, and what? Do, okay, I, I want to broach this topic for a minute tonight. What do you do next year? Caleb, nowhere to go. R.J., nowhere to go. Leaky out of eligibility. Armando potentially could come back. That's a little hairy, in my opinion. Nance is gone. Thank the Holy Lord on that one. Uh, but what do you do about Caleb and R.J.? Because you have Dunn on the bench. You have Tremble on the bench. You have Simeon Wilcher coming in, and you have. A little bit of, I guess, chatter about Cato with the reclass, and Cato looks good, man. That dude looks like he could be college ready a year early. So what I, do you do? What, I what think happens? I think you got some.
2: Con- I think you have controversy on stunting your growth for the next couple of years. If we go the same route this year and you know <laughs> keep playing our seniors and stuff, I really think that we really run the risk of stunning our growth for the long term in terms of developing the freshman. I think
0: Seth needs minutes bad because I think Seth could be good at running our offense, but he has sporadic moments. He has freshman boneheaded plays. The freshman bonehead stuff he does should have been worked out in the first 10 games of the season when we're playing crappy teams. And it wasn't because he didn't get minutes in. That's just, that that's the risk you run when you don't play these guys minutes when you're playing the mid-majors in November. Yeah, but see, I we're think...
2: not beating the mid-majors. By, his, yeah. by no, You know, like, at the beginning of the season, like, if we're winning these games against the Citadel and College of Charleston and UNC Wilmington, like we should be, then he can play 20 minutes. And, you know, then by the time he's, you know, seven games into the season, he can play these minutes. But now, you know, at this point in time, you're trying to get this guy to play 20 to 25 minutes a game off of, you know, five minutes of experience. So- well, here's...
0: And I try not to do this. I try not to say, well, Roy did. But my point here is, well, Roy did. And Roy did play those guys big minutes and big games in November and December, regardless of who we were playing. Because Roy always knew that we were playing for ACC play in March. And if you... Well, granted, we still take the L's in November. It's not like we're Purdue and we went all our games in the fall and then we get smacked in March. But Roy would... And we would text about it. It was kind of annoying sometimes. It's like, bro, this is a big moment in a game that we maybe should be winning by more and your backup point guard's in. But then, all of a sudden, when you come into February and you're starting point guards in foul trouble, well, guess what? Your backup point guard has that experience from a game maybe he shouldn't have been in in November or December, but he's already got that experience. And that just makes me think of the play where Tremble, if Tremble had played more, Earlier in the year, I wholeheartedly believe the fast break. He would have known that you can slow down, you can take the ball over Wong, get your wrist slapped. You can't just hold the ball in your hip and give Wong that free lane to go and take the ball away from you. I, that's a play I think he makes if he has more experience on the court earlier in the year, and Roy would have done that, and that's a different style than Hubert does. I don't know what's better and what's worse, but it is frustrating.
2: Yeah, Gone I mean, are the <laughs> days when the starting five got subbed when they were playing bad.
1: Damn. Gone are the days think, when
2: the walk-ons played
1: I think y'all are both right. Um, we we beat Gardner-Webb by six points. We typically beat them by 30 or 40. So you would typically see a Seth Trimble, a Tyler Nickel a Jalen Washington in the game more often. So I think that's part of our problem for the last two years is we weren't blowing these mid-majors out. We didn't get a chance to play these guys because you can't afford to lose to Gardner-Webb. So you've got to play Caleb Love and R.J. Davis and Armando Bacot for 37 minutes. It's hey, a, hey, tell
0: the 2009 team that. They went out and got smoked by Santa Clara, <laughs> and then what happened? <laughs> that's
1: right. I mean, wasn't Ty Lawson out of that game, though? He didn't play. Yeah, but that's... Regardless, I, they I've should I've UNC that game. fans say that. But it's still Santa Clara. At yeah, the didn't end we the lose yeah.
2: to Wofford when we won the Natty?
0: Yes. Like... Yeah. I'm telling you, dude. Like, there was I mean, a method right. to what Roy did, and at times it was maddening, but when you look back, you can clearly see what Roy was trying to do, because... Like I said, Roy knew that the important games are played in February and March. I don't know. I, I mean,
1: our guys, they yeah. they don't have the experience they need. Back back to roster and what it looks like for next year, potentially. I think best case scenario because, like you said, Nathan, Caleb Love's not going anywhere. RJ Davis isn't going anywhere. They don't have anywhere to go unless they transferred. But you know, who's going to take a Caleb Love that shoots 25 shots a game? Who's going to take a Caleb Love who... You know, it can be ice cold one game, super hot the next game, back to ice cold. He's super inconsistent. And he can make more, probably more money in, 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 in NIL than overseas. I don't see him going anywhere. I don't see Hubert sitting him down and saying, hey, Caleb, I think it's best for you to go. I think he's going to be back next year. So best case scenario for this team to succeed next year would be for, I mean, I guess the starting lineup would look something like this. RJ and Caleb – best case would be Elliot Cadeau reclassing to next year. That way you have an actual true point guard on a team that needs one and that can get these guys in spots where they can score. And then I think Armando Baycott comes back next year and then you, then you need a four that can shoot the ball, whether that's Puff, whether that's nickel, whatever, but you need a four that can shoot the ball from three. I don't.
2: If if this is what I'm, happens, we do not need to go the transfer portal. We need to play the players that we have. No,
1: I I agree, and I think lastly, if Elliot Cadeau does reclass, I think it screws up our twenty twenty four class because the only reason we got James Brown and Ian Jackson because they wanted to play with Cadeau. I'm well, say listen, worst someday. case,
2: he's gonna sit the bench and play uh, the next year anyway because he'll have two. two- he'll have two minutes a game as he does as everyone, all the freshmen do right now. So, you know,
1: no, there's no way he wants to be a one and done. So I'm going
0: to say this right now. And then I'm going to go run for cover because I know that you're both going to disagree with me. I don't want Baycott back last next year. And here's why we're not going to win a natty next year. If you look at the roster, I I just, I don't, I don't see it. I I don't think, I think next year needs to be a year and I'm not going to call it a punt year, but it's going to be a re reload year where young guys get minutes I want our whole starting five gone. I know that's kind of harsh, whatever. I want Jalen Washington getting big minutes, Tyler Nickel getting big minutes, Akato reclass, Simeon Wilcher, DeMarco Dunn. I want the freshmen to play next year, learn how to play together, learn how to play in the ACC to reload for two years from now with that big time class that we have with, like you guys said, James Brown, Ian Jackson. I want that year to be our natty run year. But that's not going to happen if you have all these guys back next year. Love, Davis, Baycott. Guess what? They're going to suck up 38 minutes a game of experience that the young guys will not have. We're not going to win a natty again. And then two years from now, we're going to be back in the same freaking boat. Like, what is the point? I think, I, I think we need to use next year as the rebuild year to let those guys get minutes. And then two years from now, that is the final four. We're, we're ready again year. Just my opinion. I know probably not popular, but that's where I'm at.
2: I just worry that if everyone – you know, we're looking way, way ahead. We've still got half a season of basketball to play. Um, we'll definitely see some people transferring if we have three starters coming back. I don't see any way – there's not enough minutes. I mean, there's not enough playing time. Not for, for how
1: Hubert's playing them, though. There's not. No. So,
2: like, I mean, I'd love to be able to run ten people. That would be fantastic. We'd be the deepest team in the – in the, well, we're already one of the deepest teams if we would use the bench. I mean, but no. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens, but.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I <sighs> just
2: want I guess first we need to focus on the consistency with, like, you know, beating State on Saturday, um, on Sunday and then – getting finishing up the season strong because you know we're really I'm really down and out right now just like Nathan is with all of this with everything that's going on too but you never know in three weeks we might be a complete singing a completely different tune.
1: yeah, I mean last year uh it was the pit game was February 14th um so we're right in that little you know same time period as last year where we, where we, where we went on our run. But I feel like last year we were in a better space just because we had won, I think, our last 12 out of our last 13 or 14 games. So
0: I'm going to be the pessimist. Unless Pete Nance wakes up and looks in the mirror and has a big headband and beard and turns into Brady Manick, we ain't going to make that same run. <laughs> it's just that it, Brady Manick, the more that you hear, especially from some of the beat writers that have access to the team, Brady Manick was the one that would freak out on everyone and say, this is unacceptable. Like he was the embodiment of Carolina basketball and kind of glued these guys together and fired these guys up, even though he was only here for one year. I mean, it feels like he was like our four year Marcus Page, Tyler Hansbrough guy, but he was only here for one guy, one year. And we don't have that. So unless Pete Nance wakes up, looks in the mirror and says, I'm going to hit six threes in this game. And I'm going to freak out on Caleb Love and RJ Davis to play better at halftime who's going to do it just Jackson Watkins i mean at this point i feel like we're just hoping for something that is physically impossible to happen i hope i'm wrong but i don't know
1: no you're probably more right than uh 90% of the carolina fans um so keys keys to beating state and starting us starting where, to where we want to be to to end the season on a five game win streak and you know the only five game win streak we've had this year is the very beginning of the season we were started five and zero. We haven't won five straight since, and those all five of those games were mid majors and not even. And
0: Gardner Webb gave us everything we wanted. Sure, that was a fun one to watch.
1: Yeah, so I don't have high hopes that we can go five and o, 5 and o, 5 and zero, um, but that's what we've got to do. Unfortunately, uh, I think against State, you've got to one, you've got to hit shots, and you've got to make it difficult for. Um, terquavion smith and jarkel joiner and um they've got a what's you know the third guard's name for them um he shoots like 43 percent from three uh so they've got three guys that are that are shooters and you've got to got to figure out something you can do down low with burns um i guess you've got to put baycott on him and just try to make him turn turn around hit jump shots on you but um it's going to be rocking in there it's going to be it's going to be a tough environment like nick said it's but we've got to win that game. If we don't, our season's over unless we win the ACC tournament. But like you said, we haven't been consistent all year, so I don't see that happening.
2: Um, I think bare minimum, like bare minimum, we have to go – we have to – we can drop one game, but we need to beat Virginia, Duke, and State. But I would say we probably need to go 5-0. and eight. I think bare minimum to get in the tournament, we need to go 4-1 and one over our last five and get to the semifinals of the ACC tournament.
1: Yeah, but you can't lose. You said 4-1. you got to beat Virginia, Duke, and State. But you can't lose against Notre Dame or Florida State because they're two of the worst teams in the ACC. So you'd have to either drop the game to State, Duke, or Virginia. Really need to go 5-0 at this point. Yeah.
2: You're
0: right. Question. Last question as we're wrapping up here. I, I think a lot of what UNC fans and we have even talked about tonight is wanting to see Puff start on... Sunday which I kind of feel like we're forgetting what what do you guys think about a lineup where Jalen starts beside Armando versus Puff because I almost feel like Puff is better off the bench and I liked how Jalen played when he started but I also don't know how he compliments Baycott because Hubert doesn't use him that way so what do you guys think about that
2: I think you could interchange Jalen Puff or Nickel at the four and you will get pretty much the same same offensive power and you'd probably have a little bit more with Puff on defense, and then uh, Nickel second, and probably Washington third in that aspect. I think that's how it'd go on the defensive end. But I think on the offensive end, they all they all three can get a bucket when they need to. Puff always gets like a, a salt, like he's the spark off the bench. Like he'll get an and one or a rebound and a putback or two putbacks, so like plug. like two or three minutes straight off the bench. I mean, you know, when he came in from against in the Miami, he drove the lane. Forgot how to jump and dunk, but I mean he tried. He you know he almost he got it there. He missed he missed the sh- the dunk, but I mean you know then the next play down got a got an and one missed a free throw. So you know yeah two plays in a row down the floor two sparks off the bench. But I mean I think you can go either way. I, I mean you could I think you can interchange all three of them and you'll you'll see about the same thing. But I mean it's like I said it's not going to be you're not I don't think you'll have any drop off from Nance versus those three.
1: I think if you put. Washington in for Nance there's he likes to play too close inside so I think it clogs the lane a little bit more than we would want it to which kind of defeats the purpose of how we want to play or how Hubert wants to play I think he kind of tried that last year with Dawson Garcia and Baycott and it just didn't work out over it worked better with Manic as far as floor spacing but if Washington can see a three go down. You know that might boost his confidence, and he seems to be a good shooter. Uh, he hasn't hit one yet, but I think once he starts, uh, if he shoots his, increases his volume a little bit and shoots a little bit more from the outside, and sees one go down, I think he'll be a, a good shooter, and after, he's definitely got a better touch than Pete Nance. So, um, I still would like to see a small uh, us go smaller and maybe um, a puff Tyler Nickel at the four spot. So.
0: I do think there's a world where you can still play two bigs. And there are some teams that do it and do it successfully. Uh, Purdue being one of them with Edie, and then they have another big guy. But the key to that is, if you do that, you just can't have a player like Leaky on the floor. You have to have three guards that can hit a three. Or a guard, two guards and a small forward. But yeah, that... Like you said, I, I was kind of spitballing there, but I agree with everything you guys said. I think that that clogs the paint a little too much, and Leaky just isn't enough of a shooting threat. I mean, honestly, neither are Caleb or RJ, not to just kind of dump on Leaky, Caleb and RJ can't hit water if they fall out of a boat right now,
2: but
1: that's where we're at. Well, we're going to go 15-0 and 0 to end the season and end up with a natty, so let's let's get it done, boys. That's what I said. I said that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> We're going all the way. You're still crazy. You know, listen, y'all gonna sit here and act like y'all ain't gonna put
2: UNC in the national championship in your bracket when you make one. So don't sit here Bro, and act like. Last year,
0: sir, I had them losing to Baylor last year. I had them beat Baylor, beating
2: Kentucky, and beating UCLA going to the Final Four. So just so yeah. You know. Well,
0: your bracket sucked anyways because Kentucky got smoked by St. Peter. So what do you know, Nixter?
2: Eh, whatever. Listen. It it has just been a tough one. I know this has been a tough episode for all of us Tar Heel fans, if you can't tell by how we have kind of went in on the team. But at the end of the day, we're still the Tar Heel faithful. We're just a little frustrated at this point. And I think it's just the fact that we expect the excellence that is UNC basketball. And right now, I don't think we're getting it. But it can definitely be done.
0: You know so. what? I've had it. We're showing up at the Dean Dome with a basketball tomorrow. <laughs> we're going. We're going We're going to show these boys how to play.
2: Yeah.
1: I only live
0: 15 15 minutes away. I could be there in 15 right now. Bradley's going to become Leaky's personal shooting coach. He's (laughs) going to teach him how to hit those corner threes. Hey,
2: Bo, get to the corner. I'll show you how it's done. (laughs) All right, everyone. That is episode nine of Tar Heel State of Mind. It is Nathan, Nick, and Bradley. We will see you next week. Go, heels.